0: welcome to the healthcare business secrets show where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue double your impact and double your time off in this episode we're talking with joy mccarthy joy is the founder of joyous health she's an award-winning certified holistic nutritionist best-selling author podcast host and even has her own line of natural hair care and body care products she founded in 2013. Joy is a trusted nutrition expert and has been featured in hundreds of publications, both online, such as Well and Good, CNN and CBC, and in print and in regular health expert on television, uh, including CityLine and CTV's Your Morning. Welcome to the show, Joy.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I was looking forward to this. We get a lot of people on here who are doing amazing things in business that are not in healthcare. And the kind of the point of the show is Mm -hmm. to have discussions around things that aren't just healthcare related. But I always love bringing on someone on the show who's doing things in healthcare and doing them really well. And and we'll jump into your backstory in a second. But uh, from watching what you're doing and seeing your stuff, you're doing everything that I try and get my clients to do. (laughs) Um, And you're doing it right, which is amazing. So uh, it'd be great if you can kind of give us some backstory as to how you got here, what you're doing at the moment, that kind of thing. So our audience has some context.
1: Yeah, totally. So I started Joyous Health over 10 years ago, and it was actually kind of like my second career because I spent the first seven years of my career working at an ad agency. But I felt at the time that I, you know, had been a student of nutrition my whole life, you know, always on my spare time. I was doing different certifications and doing part-time school in sort of the wellness realm, whether it was like nutrition or fitness. I used to be a personal trainer. And then eventually I decided to just get out of the corporate world because I was so sick of it. Nobody was healthy. Like the agency I was working at was just not a health-promoting place to be. And my passion was truly in. wellness. So I decided uh, to leave and go back to school to study. In Toronto here, we have a school called the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. So I went there and that's how I became a certified holistic nutritionist. So I went there, I guess, in 2006 and uh, took me about three years there. And then I hit the ground running with my business. Now it's interesting because a lot of people will say to me, oh, you're so lucky you had like you know, marketing background from school, and you did it for seven mm-hmm. years. So that must have served you really well. But I have to tell you, it didn't because. When I was working in marketing, the kind of campaigns I was doing were things for like Pepsi and Frito-Lay, which is a big chip company, Dove. uh, I worked on their campaign for Real Beauty, but these were all, you know, a lot of consumer packaged goods and they had budgets for TV and radio Mm -hmm. and, you know, being a nutritionist just starting out my, my business, I certainly didn't have that kind of money. So I knew that I I had to make a shift and find another way to grow awareness for joyous health and make it sustainable and have it also be affordable. So that's when I realized very early on, I would say definitely an early adopter of social media, but i realized that social media was the best route for me to market joyous health and get my message out there by educating people and inspiring people so then i you know resorted to twitter and facebook instagram wasn't around then that's how i started joyous health so joyous health was just a blog and uh, all i did in the early days to educate people and create awareness for Joy's Health was I was blogging and then I would share those blogs on Facebook and on Twitter. That was my main means of communicating. I did that to help grow like the two main things I was doing in my business was I had a one-on-one practice. I was seeing clients one-on-one. And the second thing I was doing was corporate wellness. So I really wanted to grow that area of my business. But that's how it started out. It started out, I had zero money uh, for any marketing whatsoever. I remember I took out one ad, I put it on my credit card, I bought a a print ad in a local health magazine, it cost me $250. And I had zero people contact me. I even went so far as to um, update my voicemail with like Bell or Rogers, whoever my provider was to make sure that I could handle enough voice messages. (laughs) Because I wanted to make sure I was like, yeah, like I'm going to have like 30 people calling me from this print ad. And I had not a single one. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So social media marketing, I got to get on this thing.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because the the space of big brands is really advertising, right? It's like, let's just get this message out and kind of, mm-hmm. and I'm paraphrasing, but see what happens. And there isn't necessarily this direct feedback. Whereas in our world, that it doesn't work because we just don't have the dollars and the budget and the sales to to influence it. So like Coca-Cola can put out an advertising thing and spend a whole lot of money and go, did it work? I don't know. I guess we're, yeah. you know, we're making money. So I guess it worked because we've got this budget, right? But when we're in practice, we don't have a, a budget, so to speak. And even when you do, it's not a, it's not the same thing. You can't just go out and spend 10 grand on a billboard and go, let's see if it gets some sales. Like We need to have things yeah. that noticeably with direct feedback is it working or not? Otherwise, we just dump cash into things like newspaper ads, et cetera, yeah. hoping to get things and we don't get anything. And so Coca-Cola can advertise at all the movie theaters to try and boost when people are thirsty, they think I'll get Coca-Cola. Yeah. Their plan is long-term. I'm not an insider, but I my assumption is their plan is long-term. If I keep hammering people for years and years guess what when they're thirsty and they see a coca-cola sign they're going their brain is gonna go oh i'm thirsty and when you're thirsty you think coca-cola like that's their thing or you're having fun with your friends you think we're going out with our friends let's go buy some coca-cola because they've conditioned us mm-hmm. whereas when we're in practice we're not at that point yet we're not big brand we're there to market to people to tell stories to connect with them and social media is an amazing platform for that for me i find it interesting that that people still don't like i remember People saying that Facebook's a fad. And these are probably the same people that said the internet was a fad. And yeah, exactly. it's it's the game's changed and now it's like it's just fact. You know what I mean? Facebook is not going to go anywhere. And even if it does, there'll be something else because people are now conditioned to want to use social media. Because social media is just the media interaction between individuals and we get to control it. And so when people look at social media and they think, I don't want to be on social media, or I can't, or it's hard, or blah, 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 or I, you know it's not right for me, I never quite understand it because the best way to get your message out is to connect with humans. And mm. you can go and run a workshop. You can go and stand in front of a store and talk to people, which is the same thing, but just in person as doing it on social media with a live video or a post or going into groups and connecting with people. But with social media, you can put it out there and a million people could see it and your town might have a hundred people in it because that's the nature of it. And also you can do it from your own home, from your phone, from the beach, from the toilet, like it, it doesn't matter. And that's what's incredible about social media. So I'd love if you kind of give us a, a breakdown of what you're doing now uh, in terms of your business and, and your clients and things like that. How has your social media influenced it? And what's changed with what you're doing now in social media compared to what you were doing before?
1: Oh, yeah, it's changed dramatically. But just to add what to what you're saying, you know, it's interesting, because when I think back, I remember January 2010, and thinking exactly what you're talking about that, you know, in Toronto, there's maybe 3 million people here, but there's over 7 billion people in the world. So I remember thinking to myself, you know, I should start a YouTube channel because then I can reach people on the other side of the pond. I could have clients everywhere. And the interesting thing is that is exactly why I went on YouTube was because I wanted to create awareness for my brand and educate people and inspire people. And in doing so, I started getting clients and I actually had quite a few clients in Australia. And I'm like, okay, this was a good decision to, you know, take the next step and uh, start utilizing YouTube. So Joyous Health has definitely grown over the last decade and Changed a lot. Even, you know, as myself as a practitioner, I actually don't see clients uh, one on one anymore uh, because at the end of 2016, uh, I stopped doing that because there was just so many other areas of the business that I was excited about and I wanted to work on. And I just found that I wanted to grow uh, beyond that. You know, I'd done Mm. that for about seven years and, you know, I was, I was ready for some change. So I'm not doing that anymore, but I'm doing, there's just so many other things that we're doing. So every week at Joyous Health, you know, we, we have like our content meeting and we talk about all the things that are coming up for the next six weeks. So we have A sense of all of the things that we're going to be doing and promoting and talking about, but we always make sure that every single week we have one really solid piece of content. Oftentimes, it's a recipe that we then we put it onto Joyous Health, JoyousHealth.com is like the umbrella of Joyous Health, Mm -hmm. and then we share that content everywhere. So we share it on YouTube. I share it on Instagram and IGTV. We share it on Twitter. We share it on Facebook. So we just utilize all of the social channels. to blast out our content and for sure there's going to be people who, you know, see our content on multiple platforms, but then there's some people, like I'd say YouTubers often do not like to go off Mm -hmm. YouTube. And I find that there's definitely a great community there of people who might not even follow me on Instagram? Who may have no clue I'm even on Instagram? I feel like YouTube is its own kind of little world, whereas you get more crossover. You know, often I'll, I'll see people on Facebook that I recognize their name from Instagram, so I know they're they're kind of going to both. But really, the goal at Joyous Health is we're always creating this amazing amazing digital content. That people can consume no matter where they live in the world. And, you know, a big part of it, you know, Joyous Health is really a lifestyle brand now because we have not only do we have like our digital products, but we also have products that we sell within North America. We have hair care and body care and whatnot. So it is definitely, you know, the business of Joyous Health has definitely evolved and changed over the years. And it's been really exciting because I'd say the most, what's driven a lot of the change has been listening to my community. And I'd say that's when thing that we have done really well at Joyous Health is uh, listening to what they want and marrying that with my passion for certain things. Because, you know, back in like 2012, I had so many people always asking me about, you know, natural products like deodorants and natural body care and always curious about what I used and what I recommend uh, because I live a very, you know, toxin-free lifestyle. And it only made sense that we would also then develop our line of these kinds of Products because I knew exactly what I liked, and I also wanted to create products that were more affordable for people. So it's been neat over the years to see, you know, how the brand has grown. And I think, you know, a lot of times for like people who have just graduated from school, either as a naturopath or Cairo, like yourself or a nutritionist, sometimes they, you know, when I meet with them, I chat with them. They're so overwhelmed. They're like, how can I do everything you're doing? And I always remind people that I started, you know, very small. I just had a blog and I was just doing one-on-ones and I wasn't that busy. uh, And it was doing a few like corporate talks here and there, and I wasn't making very much money. And it took me a, it took me a long time. Like I am still working hard at this. And, uh, you know, now we have a small team. I think a lot of times people feel overwhelmed with all the different things that we're doing at joyous health. And I just always remind people, you got to start somewhere. And, you know, if I had that attitude with social media, for example, Oh, I don't know if I should go on Instagram. Cause I need to have no followers. Well, I would still have no followers. And I think a lot of people have such a block with that. And I think it's really an ego thing. I think it's an ego thing that prevents people from going on social media and putting their info out there because they're like, well, who's going to see it? But if you don't put it out there, nobody is going to see it. You have to start yeah. somewhere and summer is a place.
0: I think that it's fear as well. And mm-hmm. it, they use it as an excuse to not even try and to then justify yeah. why they don't have what they want. Uh, and I see that a lot and in, in all aspects of business, but especially with health professionals, it's kind of like, well, I can't get into it because, you know, so and so's there and well, that's it. You know, how am I going to get into Instagram? But what people don't understand is that the people who are doing really well, like yourself at the top, is you went into platforms early and mm-hmm. you found the culture in it and you communicated with it and you created content relevant to it. You can't jump into Instagram now, start at zero and go, I'm going to have a million followers tomorrow because it doesn't work like that because the organic reach and Instagram doesn't exist really anymore. Facebook's dead. There's no point in even having a Facebook page. That's, that's large. There's no organic reach. It's all about ads. Mm, And so it's looking for opportunities with newer platforms, things like TikTok. TikTok has been insane for the last year and a half or whatever, because people understood that it was a, it's a, when a platform, and this is kind of just for the listener, when a platform comes out, they want to show content because there is no content. Right. When there's no content, they take any content and they push it to everyone so that it feels like it's a busy place. That then makes more people turn up because what the algorithm does is it looks for engagement on that content. So if like if I push out anything, it's going to get way more reach at the start of a platform than it will, you know, 10 years later because any content is good content when it's new. Then the algorithm is learning and it's adapting and it's going well. What's good content? Stuff that's being engaged with because they want people to engage with it. Mm-hmm. TikTok exploded because they their algorithm found the content that everyone loved and shared it, so everyone said yo, you need to check out this TikTok video that I watched last night. And everyone goes, what's TikTok? And they go, I don't know, but just log in and see it. And Uh immediately it became this thing where these TikTok videos are being shared across other platforms, and on Instagram and things like that. And people go, what's TikTok? I need to check it out. And then they go in there and they see the content. And the buzz came from the organic reach that's happening based on the engagement of the posts. So what we can learn from that is and there's a newer platform, you have to go in and explore how it works and you have to create mm-hmm. content and see what's working. And in, as it works, you do more of that. And because you're an early adopter of the platform, the algorithm favors you. And that's where, like I interviewed someone, a chiropractor who's got 280,000 followers on TikTok in a matter of like, uh, I think it was like six weeks or something crazy. And wow. now he'll have way more than that. But the point is that he's getting like three or something to five new clients a week in his brick and mortar practice. From TikTok, super random, but it's because the algorithm is favouring him, Right. and because it's a new platform. Now you jump into YouTube, you and you try and make a video on you know what breakfast cereal to eat that's healthy. I'm being arbitrary. There's fifty million videos that you're competing with, mm-hmm. and so now the algorithm is looking for really good content that's pre-existing because they want to give the user what the user wants. And something like YouTube is a search engine. So they're not just going to show new stuff. They're going to show the stuff that they know people want the answer to. And so it's kind of, it's not dead, but it's not the same as a new platform. YouTube as well is tending more towards ads and stuff. The platform's increasing with ads. It's going to go the way of Facebook probably eventually where it's pay to play. And that's just the nature of things. Because eventually there's so much content that you have to pay to win. Otherwise, who's going to see your stuff? So the point I'm trying to make is that you have to just get in and do it anyway. And your intention should not be to get famous and make a whole lot of content and all this, like, you know, I'm going to be rich and famous from social media. It's who is listening and who needs what I have and how do I create the thing that matters for them and do it anyway. Because 10 years later, if you didn't, you'll look back and go, man, I missed the trend on everything. Like I'm looking at TikTok. I'm like, everyone told me to go on TikTok. Gary Vee told me to go on TikTok, should have Mm. gone on TikTok. And I haven't missed the boat you've missed the the easy gold. You know what I mean? Like when the first people go out and start digging gold and they put their shovel in and get gold. Yeah. It's like that kind of stuff starts to disappear. So you got to be fast. But the overarching principle for me, and, and that's what I noticed with what you're doing and, and how well you've done it, is that go and make content for the person and stop thinking about all the big brands and businesses that are doing all these different things because you don't understand what's needed to make that work. You just think you can start a product and make a course and do this and do that and be this huge entity. And really it's like, you got to go back to basics. If you're starting new and fresh, and even people who have just been doing it for a while but want to really grow, focus in on who your ideal client is, solve mm-hmm. their problems, solve them really well, and develop everything around the one core offer that you have, and eventually, you can begin to expand later. Like, I presume that you went from one-to-one consulting into a kind mm-hmm. of a group program, and then probably yep. into a course right yeah Is that kind of how it exactly yeah.
1: yep 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 and um so just this whole conversation about tiktok reminds me that i actually i have a joyous health on tiktok an account but i've like never i don't think i've ever put something up there <laughs> so i'm like hmm i should probably go yeah, do that you need and to go honestly and do that the only reason i already. haven't yeah. The only reason I haven't is it's just like, there's so many other things that we're managing That's like, oh my gosh, one more thing. But I totally agree with you being an early adopter of these things. And who knows, like no one knew that TikTok was going to explode although gary v would like to claim that he knew
0: gary um, knew. gary knows all yeah
1: exactly but uh, i totally agree with what you're saying and that's a question i often get from entrepreneurs too is like okay i'm just starting out and there's so many social platforms i don't even know which one to choose and i often tell people just choose two but what do you like what do you then recommend to entrepreneurs are you like just go to the one that's like the newest one cuz you can kill it on that one
0: I think, and, and you talk about this with YouTube being like, it's it's like a silo, like people on YouTube, they're the YouTube people and they don't go anywhere else. I think that that's yeah, all social true. platforms. You tend to have the one that you go to by default, and then you have the others that you dabble in and maybe look at occasionally. And then there's those that you don't even touch. Like I don't touch Snapchat. Me neither. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Not really. Like I'm chronically bad at social media, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, which ones do, what I do? do I go to typically? YouTube. I look at Instagram, but they're also for different types of people interested in different things because it's a different medium. And that's how they all have their own niche and silo, right? If you're on YouTube, you're there to really digest content. Like you're watching these videos for a long time. Instagram, three seconds, just next photo, next photo, next photo, next photo, right? TikTok is very similar. TikTok is a video version of, of, of Instagram if you think about it, right? And so it's kind of like you're going to resonate with certain things. And the best thing is to do the things that give you energy. Mm -hmm. don't be on Instagram. If you hate taking photos, like it's just, it's going to suck and it's never going to work. You know what I mean? If you don't like taking photos, but you like creativity, then create things using different apps, but just don't have photos on it. If that makes sense. Like don't take a photo of yourself and put filters on it uh, with a caption instead, create something, a graphic. Um, Mm -hmm. I know a guy who built his YouTube channel to almost a million followers in a very short period of time by doing animated videos of like success clips and stuff like that, things from various cool. different books and just made animated videos. So it's kind of like pick the thing that gives you energy and focus mm-hmm. on that. But if you're new, you have to do everything. Like you can't you can't get fancy. You're new. You're making no money. You're broke. You got no clients. You got no followers. Like all you have is time. Yeah. Quit being fancy and just go and do everything and then find the thing that gives you energy and the thing that you're getting traction on and realize that it's business. you got to do the thing that people want. And that's not always necessarily what you want, but you can evolve it into what you want later. But at the start, you don't even know what people want, what you want, what works, what doesn't. So I'm a huge advocate for just go and do everything because all you have is time. And unless Mm -hmm. you invest, like your time's not worth anything if you're starting It's worth zero my time and your time is because we can't go and spend 10 hours a day trolling through social media because that would cost us a lot of money, but we can have teams of people to do that instead. But if you're new, I, I recommend just doing everything and especially trying to get into the new platforms and crack them. Because there's um yeah. remember Vine?
1: hmm I do. I loved Vine actually. Yeah. I used that a lot.
0: Dead now. But right? then it died. Yeah, but it didn't
1: live very long.
0: No. There were people on there like uh, Logan Paul. Do you know Logan Paul? Jake Paul. No. Jake Paul's no. just fought at the, at the Mike Tyson fight that was on recently. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: he's he's a YouTube sensation. He's got 14 million followers, something like that. Oh, wow. He's like a kid doing videos. He started, I'm pretty sure he started on Vine, him and his brother. Now they're each each making eight figures a year as social media influencers on all channels, making movies, doing boxing fights, all kinds of stuff. There's another guy, I forgot his name. He started on Vine. Now he makes Netflix movies and it's these, these kids literally that started on these channels and got followers because no one was doing this stuff properly and they just committed to it and now they're huge. People have done that on TikTok.
1: They've got Mm -hmm. massive
0: amounts of followers and now they're these huge influencers. And now they've got brands and now they can develop products. They can do whatever they want because they've got a followers, right? And I think that we forget that in healthcare, we have a skill set, sure, but so does every man and his dog. Like how many nutritionists are there? How are you going to stand out? You stand out by being you and being an influencer and realizing that you have skills that can help people. But the reason people choose to work with you is their ability to engage with you, like some people are going to listen mm-hmm. to this episode and just not like me, not like my voice, and just just tune out. Other people are going to love it, and that's yeah. that's the nature of things. And I think that too many people are scared of that people not liking them or mm-hmm. it not going Very true. to actually take any action. But
1: yeah, I also just want to add to what you're saying because you know, even though I'm not really on TikTok, whenever a platform releases a new feature. Like for example, when Instagram released IGTV, we were all over that. And Mm. our videos were getting like massive views, doing really well. And now with reels on, Mm. and Instagram is definitely my favorite platform. So I enjoy going on there because my husband does all the photography for Joyous Health and videography. So we always have beautiful photos to share but we also share all our videography. And I find that reels on Instagram and our IGTVs do really, really well. And I think it's because Instagram is just pushing more eyeballs to that content because they really want to promote it. Like I remember years ago, I don't remember what year it was, but do you remember when Facebook live became a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I I remember I would go on Facebook live and I would have thousands of people. Now, if I go and, and do a live on Facebook, with a larger audience, I'll have maybe 50 people if I'm lucky. Yeah. So it's like, there's no point spending my time there. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Most of my community, I'm like my largest community is on Instagram. So that's where I'm obviously mm-hmm. going to spend a lot of time, but just your point, you know, I think it's a really great idea that when platforms offer new features to then start using them, because the algorithm like you said is going to favor you and you don't have to, you know, cut through so much clutter. Just putting a, a an image up on Instagram, it's not really it doesn't work the same way it used to. But utilizing the other features are definitely great until they're not great, right? you got
0: until- to look for the content vacuum, right? If there are users and there's no content in the new feature or on the platform, but there's people wanting it, then there's a vacuum. There's a lack of content. The algorithm is going to favor it because the intention of the platform is to get people to watch their stuff because then they grow their user base. And if they grow their user base, they can eventually monetize it. Pretty sure TikTok's got ads now. It's the nature of things. They build a platform, you get engagement, you then you sell ads. And so when, yeah, when Facebook released lives, that was all the rage because of course, Facebook's gonna push it to make it the new thing. Yeah. Instagram with yeah, IGTV, real, to try and compete with TikTok. Like it's important to notice these things and go, great, I'm gonna make some stuff. It doesn't matter. Like that chiropractor that I talked about, um, he makes some of the most random videos, but you gotta test stuff. And some things yeah, work, some things do. don't, but you have yep. to detach yourself from the outcome. If you're it's so true. worried about Which is hard to do. Follows hundred oh, percent, we care too much. Uh, yeah. Everybody is. It's a human nature, but I've learned that if I don't celebrate the wins as much and I don't get enrolled in like I've won and things are amazing, it sounds depressive. But if I don't focus on the positive as much, it prevents me from immediately focusing on the negative. Cause if I'm detaching from the win that I've had, I'm like, okay, cool. I got a win. Like I'm not, I'm not, being down in mood. I'm just being neutral to things. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. I have a consistency in my state and I don't have these big ups and therefore I don't have these big downs. So therefore I I can make choices that that I'm now not affected by the down, which is more common. Because I'm not Absolutely. so caring about the app. And so I can go out and, and do something, not care if there's no one who turns up to it because I knew that I went and did my put my heart and soul into making value there and I can repurpose it later. An example is, exactly. and for everyone listening as well, and, and maybe yourself too, I don't know if you're doing this, Facebook groups are huge at the moment. Organic reach in a Facebook group is massive. I've got a group of 2,500 people at the moment at the time of recording this and we'll get half of those people to see a post. Like that's insane. That's great. So we're pushing a whole lot of content into the groups, but it's focusing heavily on big, central, like pillar content, a live stream, mm-hmm. something like that. But the intention of it is you do the video. I don't care who turns up, but I'm doing it to give value. And I can Are take you're lives, And
1: you doing lives you're talking about
0: yeah, doing it live. Yeah. And I can repurpose that content later. So, it's yeah, not like so the live true. stream was a bust because no one turned up. So, I don't have anything to talk about. And no one's like, you do a Q&A and no one turns up. Never do that. That's just dumb. Go into it with something that you're going to teach anyway um, and wait for people to turn up to do QA. I see too many people go, I'm going to do ask me anything. And they're waiting there and like, no one's asking them questions. <laughs> it's awkward. So, instead, I'm, I go in there with content. And then, yeah, that's smart. Q&A, right. Because then I can you- chop it up, make it a YouTube video, put it on Instagram.
1: Yeah. yeah, whenever okay. I do ask me Anything, you know what I always do. So I do them on Instagram. But hearing what you do, I'm actually totally going to do one on one of my groups because I've actually I don't do lives on my Facebook groups. I only ever really do them on Instagram. But what I do on Instagram is the day before 24 hours before I'm going to do an ask me anything. I do the little question box and I'm like, hey, I'm going to be uh, live tomorrow at noon type in your question and I'll answer it. So then I go into it Mm. with lots of content, but uh, I'm going to steal your idea. I'm totally going to do an ask me anything on my group. Now I have, I think on my, one of my groups, I have about 3,800 people, but I feel like they're underutilized. I feel like I'm not really taking advantage of that. Like I have my business, I have my joyous health page, but like the reach on that is like... (sighs) Like we're always updating content there, but it's funny. It's like a mindset change because I'll always think, "Oh, I'll go on my page and do this because I have I don't know 40,000 people on there, but because my group only has 3,800, but the group has way more engagement. So I'm definitely gonna try that. And you know, just to add on what you were saying, like you know, managing the highs and lows. It's just all about like staying level-headed. You know, and sometimes, you know, we create this amazing content and we share it on YouTube and we're like, uh, we've had like a thousand views on on that. But then we take it and we put it somewhere else. We put it on IGTV and we have like 20,000 views. So I think it's just all about creating like really good content that you know your community is going to love and engage with. Sometimes you don't know, but creating that content that then, like you said, you you can share it in so many different places.
0: Well, interesting point to add to that is that often we do the thing that gets us the vanity metric, which is the Mm -hmm. create a really clickbait thumbnail and a really clickbait headline with really clickbait tags. And you'll probably get a whole lot of views, but they're not people that you care about because you make a video, bad mouthing something that people love and you get a whole lot of views. You know what I mean? Like as an extreme example. So, or put something out there that's inflammatory, and you'll get likes and views. So I think that what people need to focus on is just making good content and focusing mm-hmm. on just making good content. Because then yeah, whether you get views or not, you might get a thousand views and you might make 10 grand from it.
1: Yeah. Sales so- of a
0: product or something. And then or your program or whatever. And then you might make a video with a hundred thousand views and you only still make 10 grand or you make less and you're like, what's going on? But what's happening is the people who watch the video where you made the money from it, they took action on the content, it was valuable for them. And so I think that the way to do it is really focused on what value can I give that I could be confident to reuse later, that I could be confident to share with people in the future as value. And so for me and my group, and I think this would be uh, interesting for you to look at doing as well. Every single week, we do a live stream. It's pre-planned content. It's like a mini webinar. I'm teaching cool. stuff and then I have a soft soft pitch at the end. And Every week, consistently, that's happening. What that means is that now in the units tab of the group, I've got this this whole lot of stock, all these videos, all these trainings that people can access. Oh,
1: that's great. And
0: now the group is inherently valuable. So when I pitch people to join the group, it's like, join the group, we've got over a dozen live trainings in there, blah, 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 every week we go live, I teach things. And it becomes a primary source of content for me because I can take those and cut them up and use them for whatever I want. But now I've got these mini trainings that I can package and sell because I've actually done them with quality. My clients turn up and listen to them and get value from them. And people who are thinking about working with me, they're engaging with them and they're getting all this value that they think, man, I'm getting all this value for free. What if I open my wallet? Imagine what I'm going to get then when I actually work with this person. Mm -hmm. So my group now has this value in it and it becomes an entity on its own, but I'm repurposing the content for other things. And so we run a lot of ads to fill our group because it's ridiculously cheap at the moment, especially with the Mm -hmm. sentiment generally around the place. People are kind of, I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed, it's sort of a, there's a slowing down of decision-making. It's more of a watch and wait. Uh, I'm going to engage with some Mm -hmm. stuff and then take action. And so where we used to run a webinar to get a person uh, on the phone to, work with us, we'll now have ads to a group. They'll engage with some content and my team will DM them and then they'll still book a call. But it's kind of a, a lower barrier to entry, low ball type thing. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a huge audience, you could fill that group. We had Maggie Yu on the show. If you go check it out, she's episode one, I think it was. She's got a group Amazing. of 30,000 people. She's a functional medicine physician. Great. And um, they're driving millions in revenue directly from basically a Facebook group.
1: Amazing. So what would be like, how are they making money then? Are they selling like a product or?
0: Products and programs. A service. Got it. So there's plenty of opportunity for people to raise their hand when they want help or interested in things. They'll do promo Mm -hmm. cycles every so often. Whenever they do a live or something like that, some content, they're sharing it. They do challenges, various different things like that. It becomes a, a community where people are in there to get value. And when they know where they can go, they've got coaches there. They've got opportunities for people to join various things, et cetera. And so it becomes this thing where you can enter it, get a whole lot of value from it, and you know where to go next. It's signposted, it's obvious. So when Mm -hmm. you're ready to go, you know what? I wanna actually work with this person to solve the issue. It's very easy for you to raise your hand metaphorically and someone will be there to answer your questions and point in the direction of the right program to do, and then signs up into programs, yeah.
1: So it's a very seamless customer experience.
0: It's not a pitchy thing. It's not about get someone and then just sell them a whole lot of crap. It's give them and give them value. And then like on the sidewalk there, you can clearly see the sign saying ready to go fast type thing. But you can participate in the party without having to buy a drink, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think social media is so much about relationship building. I think that's what people forget too, you know, with with what you're doing with your, you know, weekly lives that you do or that are so educational. You know, me, you may have someone who tunes in every single week and has been following you for the last three years, has not yet bought anything from you. And then, you know, you have a program that they resonate with and you've already established that rapport and you've established yourself as that expert and they trust you. And mm-hmm. they're so much more likely to buy buy something for you. So that's why I value our community so much because they always have great ideas and ensuring that people feel heard is really key to, you know, building that loyal community. So it's not always just about, what I've learned with Joyous Health is it's not always just about putting the information out there, but it's also listening to people. So that's why I really yeah. take advantage of doing things on social media, like doing polls and doing questions and you know, listening to what people are interested in as well to help you know, continue to build the company.
0: 100%. You get to a point where you realize that listening to your audience is actually the most important thing because then you can understand what they want and you can actually then give them what they want you said it completely right. I have people constantly who I can see that I'm, you know, there's a dozen or whatever people on a live stream and none of them are maybe commenting and, but I know that they're sitting and watching and I'm doing it anyway because remember, I'm detached from the outcome. So one, I might have 50, one, I might have five. It just depends on what's going on in the world and their schedules and, and, but I'm detached because I'm just, recording the content live using it as a live because i know that it's going to get more reach than posting it as a video and i can actually interact and people want to tune in like no one watches the replay of a sports game you want to go to the sports game why because there's variety and you get to be there and there's an experience you could just watch the replay at home and skip parts of it but you don't want to you want to have the experience so i'm creating Mm -hmm. the experience but people are there and they're engaging six months later i find out from one of my sales team that this person's been watching me for a long time they want to jump into the program It was the easiest call i've ever had because hmm. the person's been watching me they already know the they're best. already pretty making the decision they've already heard me talk about talk about it and bringing it back to a healthcare situation people need to know like and trust you in any business but especially healthcare because most people yeah,
1: absolutely. not the
0: first time that they're trying something you're not the first yeah. practitioner you're not the first chiropractor for me i found that it's quite rare that that's the case or even if it is it's like they've had a whole lot of other Things they've tried and done and researched and spoken to people and seen them, etc. Now you're the first Kyra that they're seeing because they're looking outside the box. But what they're really looking for is, can I trust this person to help me?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: do I believe that they know what they're talking about? And so people are—we're all voyeurs at heart. We're sitting there watching, seeing what people are up to, seeing if they—if it's real, right? You—you you hear about somebody doing something amazing, immediately your brain says, oh bullshit." <laughs> and then you watch and wait until they go, "Okay, now it seems to be legitimate." Now, let me engage a bit further. And if you don't have these opportunities for people to engage with you like that, they can't see that you're authentically you. They can't either be pulled towards you or pushed away. I think that's an important point. It has to be that push and pull. You can't be vanilla. You have to have people who don't like you because by doing that, you've actually made people like you more because you're now speaking more directly to Mm -hmm. people. Uh, those who are actually going to be clients. But yeah, people will sit and watch you for a long time and, and social media is the place to be seen without having to constantly go and every single day, do a, a health talk just to be seen. You know what I mean? You use social to, to leverage for you. But yeah, look, this has been an amazing episode. I'm conscious of your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Where can our audience connect with you online?
1: Yeah. So you can find me at joyoushealth.com and also my favorite social media, as you already know, is uh, Instagram. So you can also find me at joyoushealth and I'm on YouTube as well.
0: Amazing. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You have a lovely rest of your day.
1: Oh, my pleasure. You too.
0: Thank you for listening to the show. If you liked the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who wanna know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention. Because as a listener of the show i want you to win and so i've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show so if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business marketing and sales all on your own and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel i want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi six, even seven figure practice just like I did, but with a 10th of the time and a 10th of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I wanna share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show and i'll see you on the next episode